Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. All right, everybody, we are back. Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86. That's me, and he is at Alex M. Regla. Alex, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, it's really hot over here. Summer's definitely yeah. uh, coming soon, but how's how you doing? How's everything? I'm doing good, and I am not a meteorologist, nor do I pretend to be one, but I always feel like, how was our winter? It was very rainy and cold this year in Southern California. Does that equal a crazy hot summer coming up because it already feels like may and june have been particularly warm and then now it's like crazy hot out in southern california today it's crazy like i i i worry about everybody just saying like it's too hot uh let's go to the beach going outside yeah let's go do this stuff we're not (laughs) supposed to be doing but uh it's gonna be a weird summer for sure yeah how's the ankle i i don't know (laughs) i i feel like one day this is gonna get amputated or something and because it's just still swollen. I don't. I don't know. Like it doesn't hurt anymore, thankfully. So hopefully, like the swelling is just like the last thing that needs to get better. But uh, I'm back to work and all that stuff, so it's okay. Yeah, everything seems to be reopening, or at least things are getting the green light to reopen. I'll say that. I don't think everything's reopening, but I would say that uh, starting Friday, uh, bars, gyms, day schools uh, can. Get, got the green light to reopen in California. Obviously, every county is different. So, yeah, it seem, even though it seems, listen, I'm not a meteorologist and I'm not a doctor, but even though it seems that cases are still high, we're getting the green light to open. So everybody stay safe out there. Whatever you believe in, stay safe out there. Um, Alex, That we're not going to talk about corona and ankles and, and weather <laughs> ankles, all episode. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, basketball coming back. Obviously, last week, uh, the guys here or the people here did a great job uh, keeping you guys posted on the NBA's return that's going to happen July 31st from Orlando uh, from the Disney complex out there. So we're not going to like rehash and tell you all the details about how the NBA is going to return. Instead, what we decided to do this week is because the last time we did a podcast was two weeks ago, and that was when the whole World Cup format was being floated around. And the, like we both liked it, but maybe not so much for the Lakers. So this time we decided to talk about, now we know how it's coming back. How is this going to affect the Lakers specifically? How does that sound, Alex? Uh, sounds good. Because I, I mean, there's so much that's kind of happened and all this news that I still am kind of learning about all this. Yeah, I think our off-air conversation, is it showed me that like we, I think the majority of fans don't really understand how it's still going to come back, especially that play-in tournament for the eight seed. <laughs> sounds confusing. So let's just uh, talk about... The quick, quickly, let's just go over the specifics. There's, there's going to be 22 teams coming back for the entirety of the NBA. So that's 13 Western Conference teams and 9 Eastern Conference teams. Why is that? Because if you are within 6 games of the 8th in the eighth of eighth place, you are eligible to come back. Um, a lot of people on the internet are saying that the NBA just did anything they could to get Zion in, back into the league for this, uh, for this return, which is smart because... Zion was in the league for such a short amount of time because injuries. So in the Western Conference, you obviously have the top eight seed, the top eight teams, which is Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies. That's your eight. And then the other four teams that are going to go to Orlando are the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Spurs. Uh, They're going to play eight regular season games and then go into a traditional playoff 
if a play-in tournament is not necessary. Does that make sense so far? It makes sense so far. Okay. And here is the Lakers. They have a five and a half game lead over the Clippers for the two seed, or for the one seed, excuse me. Uh, they're going to play eight games. So if the Lakers absolutely trash the next eight games, then they won't have the one seed. But it, I, I, I'm pretty confident in saying, you know, unless LeBron James and Anthony Davis get coronavirus the first week, then, then who knows what happens after that, But because uh, that's still a possibility, um, that the Lakers will have the one seed. So the play-in tournament is a very important thing to know what will happen because the Lakers, we're assuming, will be the one seed. And here's how this play-in tournament will work, Alex, and I think I can explain it pretty easily. The play-in tournament will include the number eight versus the number nine team if the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed. So right now, at this moment, before the eight regular season games, all three teams are within four games. So it's possible that we might get a, a play-in tournament, the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, all within four games. But here's the confusing part, and I think it's very easy to describe. They will play a game if the eight seed beats the nine seed that's it that's your playing tournament the eight seed is the eight seed they will play the lakers if in that first game the nine seed beats the eight seed there will be a second game whoever wins the second game advances to play the lakers that's as easy as i can say does that make sense no no that makes sense and i think they definitely did this so memphis teams like memphis can can kind of not feel like they got short like the short end of the stick here and say you know we worked all year to get that playoff spot but then if a team like portland beats them twice in a row and does better in these eight games then maybe they don't deserve that spot so i think this is kind of just to make sure memphis has as many different routes to keep that playoff spot as possible yeah and that's what's interesting because you know the the chatter is the nba wants zion against the lakers which i think would be one of the craziest coolest first round playoff series in a long time because of all the former lakers on the pelicans and you throw on Zion in there, and then you obviously got the Lakers. That would be an amazing first-round uh, tournament just from storylines alone. Um, but yeah, but now you have the Blazers in there with a, he- a healthy Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. That's a scary team, and that's the thing where if you're the Lakers, of the four teams, how about let me ask you this. Of the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Kings, and the Suns, these are all the teams that could potentially be the eighth seed. I mean – Potentially, no, no, no. The, the Mavericks aren't falling off. No, no, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. So those six teams. I'll say it again: the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Kings, or the Suns. Who do you least want to see the Lakers play in the first round? It's it's tough. I, I think I'd lead Portland just because they're a little more experienced. Like I said, they have Lillard, they have McCollum. They'll also have Nurkic back, could be healthy. Zach Collins would also come back, could be healthy. Um, they played a little better, you know, once they got Carmelo and they made that trade uh, late in the season there. Uh, I think, that, again, you don't want to really play against Lillard in the playoffs. I think he just eru- can erupt for a couple games and that can just swing a series. But at the same time, a team like New Orleans is kind of scary just because they're so young. They really, they just want to go out there and prove how good they are and just, especially those young Lakers want to get payback on kind of what LA did to them and traded them away and against Anthony Davis and all that stuff but I think it'd be up to those two teams I think Memphis I like Memphis I like John Morant I like their team they have there I just think they're so young like New Orleans mm-hmm. and I don't think they have that kind of extra edge that New Orleans would have against the Lakers yeah I don't want to see the, the the Pelicans I just don't 
Um, it's not that I'm scared of them. It's their youth that scares yeah. me. And it's because of this new format. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of games um, in a short amount of time. And that is to the Lakers' disservice, I think, because they're an older team. I think they rely on rest. They, they take, you know, they need a little bit more rest. When you have this young, young, young team like the Pelicans, I think the less experience you have in this kind of format, because it's new for everybody. It's going to be new for everybody. I think youth is going to be a big deal. Who has the freshest legs? Who can play every other day? Because in the eight regular season games, there's only going to be one back-to-back. And then in the playoffs, I think you're going to play every other day, literally every other day until we're done. And then let's say the first round of the playoffs and this and uh, let's say the first round of the playoffs, the Lakers beat the Pelicans in four games. And then whoever they're supposed to play after that also finishes in four games like they're moving it up to start the, in two days. Like they're going to really try and and get it done as fast as possible. They're not going to wait a week in between if both teams are ready to go. So that's an interesting thing, too. So for me, I would normally, in a regular NBA season, I would say the Blazers. I would never want to see Damian Lillard ever in the playoffs. I would never want to go to Portland, especially with all the history of the Lakers' terribleness there. But we're not going to Portland. You don't ever got to go to Portland. You never got to see that that arena. So to me, it's the Pelicans only because they're youth. Although Damian obviously should scare everybody. I, yeah, I think that's a really good point that because we don't know what this basketball is going to look like. We don't know how organized it's going to be, how how many guys are still in shape or not. Where a team like New Orleans, for how young they are, and and players like Lonzo and, and Zion, they kind of thrive in these situations where it's just like wild out there. Like there's no plays or anything. They can just use their legs and athleticism and just make plays. We've seen it. We've seen it with Lonzo firsthand, and Zion's probably like the best at this. Like if a play breaks down. Or if it's a loose ball or if it's anything, Zion can just kind of out-athlete everyone else just because how crazy he is. So you don't want to be in a situation where it's kind of like like a boxing analogy where it's like you don't want to face a boxer who's just kind of who's either left-handed or just weird out there. Like you can't really scheme for him. And I think the Pelicans could be like that for the Lakers where it's just they have to make sure they play at their own pace and not this crazy New Orleans pace. They, they just play super fast, and I'm not sure if the Lakers want to do that. Um, something else that could be an interesting thing to keep an eye on is who's going to have a more difficult time living in this quarantine bubble. You know, like it's, it's obviously it's on an it's on an individual basis. Obviously, I'm not saying in general, but are younger guys going to have a harder time not going out? Whereas an older team, you know, they're bringing their wife, they're bringing a kid or whatever, and they're chilling. You know because that's just what they do it's going to be an interesting thing to see because a report by shams said there's been talk about because javel mcgee raised the question about he said it's concerning if we're not able to leave this bubble quote in orlando um and then jared dudley said yeah that you we're not going to be confined to this bubble but now shams tweeted out this is an exact quote so i don't screw it up um he said expected protocol if an nba player leaves the orlando bubble is quarantined for no less than 10 days and must have two negative coronavirus tests. So I I read that as, if you get caught leaving the bubble, you're out for 10 days no matter what. And you would assume, I guess where you're going with this, is that if a younger team is probably more likely to kind of break this protocol or break quarantine. Because I think Jared Dudley's already come out and said, like, we're making sure LeBron and AD are in their room, 
are not leaving anywhere. <laughs> like we're making sure yeah. they don't break that protocol. Whereas a team like New Orleans, like they might not have you know much to play for, just nothing really to lose. We can see a guy like you know Josh Hart or someone sneaking out to grab something. So I I, I think thank you for using. Josh <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think not Lonzo, not Ingram or Zion, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean who who would be more likely to break that? Would it be a younger team or a more veteran-led team? And because it's one of those things too. I mean, this is a completely hypothetical, individual-based conversation we're having, but I'm very happy having these things. Because like a, a younger team could be like super obsessed with Call of Duty and just sit in their rooms all day and play Call of Duty. Yeah. Whereas uh, LeBron might want to go out to dinner and have a fancy glass of wine in the in all the restaurants around Disney. So I, I mean, you could put it that way, or you could put it the complete opposite way. It's like, dude, LeBron is married. He has his kids with him, and they're not leaving the room. And Lonzo and Josh and, and Ingram want to go party at the clubs in Florida because they're wide open. So you can see it both ways, right? But it's going to be interesting to see because. I'm not saying 100% fact that someone's going to get coronavirus, but it's pretty easy to assume that someone's going to get coronavirus during out there, it, it, I think. Um, I, hopefully not, obviously, but if even just leaving the bubble, that's not getting coronavirus. That's just like screwing up and, and going somewhere because you couldn't stand your room anymore. That's going to be a very interesting thing to keep an eye on. For sure, and we don't know, like you said, how like how strict like these teams are going to be on their players are they going to have people monitoring them making sure they're in their rooms at all times they're not breaking this protocol they're not breaking curfew they're not doing any of this and we don't know we don't know if there's a positive case like if that player if it's a star player if they're going to be treated the same as if it was the last guy on the bench like they should be of course because it's pandemic Mm -hmm. and people's lives are at risk but we don't know exactly how strict this whole thing is going to be because just playing just setting all this up is a risk in itself so we we don't know how seriously they're actually going to take it yeah i mean (laughs) i'm trying to phrase this in a way that's not insensitive or rude but i'm trying to like because you say jared said they're gonna do everything they can make sure that lebron and ad are in the room (laughs) all the time right who do the lakers really not care if if they leave like the bubble <laughs> who which which person on the roster like oh dude really you left right, oh yeah. whatever so they gotta make sure like costas or Devonte kaycock if they they show up just yeah. keep don't forget they're on the team like keep tabs yeah. on them too because they can blow everything for everyone and that's the other thing that's coming out recently is that the leagues are trying to get the league to reconsider its preference to leave two-way contract players out of the bubble environment so what does that mean Right now, the two-way players from the G League Mm -hmm. are not part of the bubble. So let's say you lose a couple – let's say just not a couple. Let's just say you lose a player for 10 days because they broke the bubble or you lose a player because they got coronavirus. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily out for the rest of the season. That means they're out for a minimum of 10 days. So who replaces that player? Ideally, you would call somebody up on a two-way contract, correct? So that – Right now, the NBA is trying to limit the amount of players in the bubble. So if they allow the two two two-way players, that's 44 extra people going to Orlando. So the league does not want that, but the teams want that. So that's the newest kind of wrinkle there of what we're trying, what the league, because the details are not finalized yet. Obviously, we don't even have a schedule yet. So the the details are not finalized. That's the, the latest from what's happening right now, though. Yeah, I think Bobby Marks uh, from ESPN, he said, so basically, if there's an injury or positive test, a team could bring in a replacement player. 
However, the player will have had to be under an NBA or G League contract this season. So basically, mm-hmm. like you can't if you can't sign Jamal they, Crawford. Basically, yeah, has to be someone who's under contract or a G League player. So it'd be like so say McGee is either injured or something, they would be able to bring up Devonte Kaycock or someone like that to replace him. Someone mm-hmm. who's already under contract or a two-way contractor was on the G League team basically. Yep. So and I don't know how that would work too because if they're not in the bubble, I think the reason why it's starting so late from now, obviously, is they want to, it doesn't start till July 31st. That's still seven weeks away. Um, it's because they're going to get to Orlando, I believe, on the 10th or the 11th of July. And then they're going to go into immediate quarantine, uh, the players, for, I believe, 40. Did I read 48 hours or less? I couldn't remember. But they're going to go straight into quarantine. Then they're going to practice. Then they're going to get. They're probably going to do inner scrimmage games as well since everybody's going to get tested every single night. Now, I hope. I don't know. Have you seen anything? Are we still doing those crazy nasal swabs that tickle your brain? I think there's um, I think there's other methods now, um, but that's like the most popular one, I believe. Because I, if they're doing that to me every single yeah. night, dude, every night that I'm out there, which could be until, what, November? Or what, when is the season can be over? October? Whatever it is, every night? Oof. To take that, because I haven't taken a corona test, have you? I haven't, no. I haven't taken a, anybody a corona test. I think I had corona, but that, I mean, how many people in LA have said that, right? How many people say, oh, I think I had corona? I think I actually did have corona, but I never got tested because I wasn't eligible, I guess. But, uh, anyways, <laughs> it looked, it looked, just it looks disturbing you know like it looks so brutal anyways that's a very small thing but um what do you make of the whole format because two weeks ago we talked about what we wanted and i said that i want the most normal return as possible i think for the lakers benefit because they're an older team is to come back play some regular season games and then get into a playoff format i think that's the best and we kind of got that we kind of got as best as we could um, we didn't go into some crazy pool tournament where every game matters right away and you could get stuck playing the crazy teams. So what do you think about the way the NBA or the decision the NBA made about their return? I think it's fine. Like, I, I think of all the kind of different scenarios we talked about, I think it would have been kind of unfair for the players if after all this and then having to, you know, come to Orlando and play in this bubble and then also have to deal with a whole totally different playoff structure. Uh, I think that just would have been kind of unfair for everyone. and um, Like, we're basically getting traditional seating here. The only difference is those playoff, uh, those play-ins, if it's a 8-seed, 9-seed type thing. But I think it's, I think this is probably fine. I Like, I, I was still kind of a fan of just going straight to the playoffs, but I, I totally get having these eight games as a warm-up and just making sure. It's like a preseason. Yeah, and I think that's totally fine. I just do kind of worry about... Um, the more games, you know, the more likelihood of someone contracts something or injures himself or anything at all. But I, I think of all the different scenarios, this is was the most realistic and probably the safest. What about you? I yeah, I mean, I I think the whole World Cup thing format would have been just incredibly interesting as a fan of just the NBA in general. But as a Laker fan, no, I I was I was not happy with that proposal at all. I didn't think it was great for them. Um, I also don't think it's very fair to what the teams have accomplished with so many games played already. So um, 
I, I like the way this this is I think beneficial to the Lakers. I think the shortened postseason slash schedule is not beneficial to the Lakers. But as far as the format goes, the traditional playoff, um, you're playing the Western team. You're familiar with the teams that you're playing. Obviously, so those teams are going to be healthier than they were. But so are the Lakers, who are an older team. So I like it. Um, my biggest question is, are, have, have during the season, I was trying to find some, but everything is just about current practices. I wrote down, how hard do the Lakers practice? And the reason I asked that is because I think teams that practice hard are going to thrive in this format because the, I mean the environment, not the format, because these are going to be like scrimmages every night. You're not going to be in front of 20,000 people. There's not real. I don't think there's going to be like cheerleaders and music and, and, and guys yelling LeBron James every time you score a three. So I really do think whoever, whoever practices, whoever simulates games better, is going to perform excellently in this format. Yeah, I was kind of thinking something similar. Just um, so they play eight games. So say the Lakers clinch. Like say the Clippers lose their first three and the Lakers win their first three, and they basically clinch that number one seed. Do you think, mm-hmm. as a team, they'll decide let's keep playing our starters and keep I... everything the same for these last five games, or do they just shut everyone down? And does that hurt them when the playoffs come around where another team like, say, Portland plays all their games and they're in better game shape and stuff like that in a series? Like, mm-hmm. do you think the Lakers, if they clinch that number one seed in those early on, do they kind of sit their guys and play their G League players? Or I think it would be a lot similar to the way they treat preseason mm-hmm. where LeBron and AD will get first quarter minutes, third quarter minutes, and that's it. Um, unless for whatever reason, like the team is just not clicking. Like, what if the Lakers start zero and three? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And like, if the Clippers start zero and three, but the Lakers start zero and three too, I think then that changes things. Um, but they they remember how fast the Lakers started this year, and how surprised at least I was about how fast they started. Um, I, I I was under the assumption that it was going to take them a long time to 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 get acclimated. But they opened the season losing to the Clippers, and what they win like seven, eight in a row after that. Yeah. So I and then they didn't lose. I, what was oh, I'm looking at their schedule now? They lost. They started twenty and three, twenty one and three. So if they can replicate that, what I don't see a harm in, in kind of treating it like a preseason. This is the second season. They just had three months off, four months off by the time they start playing. So why not treat it like a preseason? And I'll say this, like, it, yeah, it's a good point. And I think the Lakers of ever of any team in the Western Conference have proved number one that they're the best road team. Like they have the best road record of any team in the in the West. Maybe the whole East. I haven't checked. Uh, uh, so them and the Bucks basically have the same away uh, record. But so I don't I don't know if home court advantage is gonna be as important to, to a Lakers than it would have been other years i think they've already yeah, the lakers are 26 and 6 on the road it, yeah they, and the gosh. bucks are 25 and 9 they're they've been ridiculous this year on the road mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't bother them at all and i think that just goes back to their chemistry they built and hopefully that just carries over like if that chemistry can get them through this year which has been tumultuous already with the kobe passing and everything that's happened and now this it feels like a year doesn't ago. it so they've already gone through like 10 years in one year basically this team together so that could be their advantage that they come into this crazy pandemic bubble playoff series already having this kind of innate chemistry with them and 
and they've already proven that they could win on the road so maybe this benefits them more than any other team Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, this is going to be a very interesting i mean it's going to be interesting no matter what take away the lakers glasses and it's just going to be crazy it's going to be super interesting crazy dramatic like every word that you can think of to describe something this is going to it's going to happen you know i don't know how it's going to look on tv that's a whole different thing i think uh whoever is carrying this i doubt they'll be i will doubt they'll be broadcasters there (laughs) i'm sure they'll be in a studio in the same complex somewhere um you know it's going to be very very limited um but we've seen the ufc now do four or five events in a span of 30 days and that's been pretty successful with this and that was not even bubbling and quarantine people That was literally just, okay, you guys get here on Tuesday, we test you, and then we test you every day until your fight, and it's negative, 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 then you'll fight. So, I mean, I do think this is going to be a successful thing for the NBA just because of the testing protocol that they – you know, remember, remember when they said, like, we're not going to take tests from the general public. If the general public can't get tests, then, then we're not going to test our players. That's Even if tests are not or are, not, are available or not available, NBA is – gonna get this done they're gonna test their players they're gonna test their staff they're gonna test everybody so i don't think is there gonna be hiccups yes but i think it's gonna get done and i I like the way that they've decided to do it i like the um the format now a whole other thing is the bubble thing because um there was this this is the this is what's kind of weird florida's been like wide open for a while right and the county that they're playing in, which is Orange County, Florida, um, they had 385 positive tests in the last seven days. And the previous seven-day high was 208. So, I mean, it's not like corona's gone away. That's the thing. We're still over a month away before this is even supposed to begin. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in the next two weeks or the next few days like all this can basically go go away away, like in an instant or it could be totally better and we're at a better spot then and it's a little more lax and maybe a little more back to kind of the basketball we are used to in terms of presentation and stuff like that but all this is basically still wait and see i think just because the details like we have confirmation that this is planned to happen we don't know like come july if this is exactly what's going to happen or not I I will say this for basketball. At least you're not baseball. Oh my god. That's <laughs> because baseball That's not is good. uh not looking good at all. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean that I I that sucks cuz I was really looking forward to the season baseball and stuff like that, but yeah, just a lot of a lot of uh stuff they have to to clear before that happens. That's what's uh the only positive that I'm taking from the baseball thing is that I am not a Dodger fan <laughs> and us Padre fans are like, eh, eh, we're going to do anything anyways. Pretty much. <laughs> like yeah. that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, you know, if they play 40 games, maybe the Padres have a chance. They always seem to play well in April. <laughs> yeah. So, so whatever. Like I'm already yeah. over. I'm happy. Basketball's might be back. It looks like it's going to be back. Uh, I am kind of pumped for like a Halloween playoffs or like finals or whatever that'd be Mm -hmm. that'd be kind of cool um and i hope i do hope that this new timeline sticks i think starting in december 
as opposed to October and September, whenever it is that they start with preseason, I like it better, you know? I mean, because the casual fan of basketball, when do they really start caring about basketball? Christmas? Maybe maybe after the Super Bowl in February? So I, I like this new push it back, start in December, and then let's, let's kind of do that. I, I like it. I mean, you're playing indoors. Who cares what the weather is outside, right? I mean, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the next year or two is going to look like for the NBA. Like, I'm not sure how soon fans will be back anyway. So I think at this point, time is kind of, or like the months and the calendar kind of don't mean anything anymore, really. Like, uh, like I don't think it matters that much, especially if fans aren't going to be there. All this stuff kind of just mushes into one kind of grayness in terms of like Mm -hmm. the days in the week. So I don't think it matters. I think as long as they're being safe and kind of smart about this whole thing uh i think they should be fine all right alex well you can follow alex at alex m regla on twitter have you written anything no i because i've gone back to work so basically i've gone back to work to help uh the kids who have to return their textbooks before they graduate and stuff like that um, i'm gonna say something sure that i haven't admitted publicly on this platform Uh-oh. yet i started uh, we, I myself started working from home March 18th. So that's almost March, April, May. What is that? Three full, four, four full months, whatever. Three months total. Um, I have not put a pair of pants on <laughs> this whole time. And because I'm working from home, like I literally work from home. Uh, I haven't gone to a restaurant. I haven't gone to a bar. I haven't gone anywhere where I actually need to put pants. I mean, I'm wearing, I'm not walking around my underwear mm-hmm. all day. I'm wearing shorts, but like there's not been non-elastic around my waist in 90 days. I mean, that's, I mean, basketball shorts, like board shorts, just shorts. Yeah. Literally not even sweats, dude. So I'm weird. Like I, I think uh, I'm really weird that I can't, I can't, I can't like lounge like I think I always have to have like pants on or something mm-hmm. like if I have like have to write I usually like shower get dressed and then write like I yeah. can't like write in pajamas well, I haven't missed a shower so that's oh that's, that's good positive. that's good yeah yeah I mean I'm clean <laughs> I shower every single day and like done all that but I, I know what you're talking about because yeah. my fiance is the same way my fiance like gets home and like doesn't get out of her business casual because she's been back in the office yeah. for a while and she doesn't change out of her clothes right away. Like she stays in the business casual, and I'm just like, I can't do that. I, I literally cannot do that. As soon as I get home, if I'm not going anywhere else, basketball shorts time, dude. And since I haven't gone anywhere else in 90 days, it's been basketball shorts time. Yeah, like I, 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 I wish I can be like that. <laughs> like I don't yeah. like having. Like I'm the same way, I guess. Like I don't really change out my work clothes until. Like I shower and go to bed, really. Like it's. Dude, I did the old. Uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of Zoom. Okay. Like, biz- business casual sales meetings or whatever you want to call them, and I have done the old uh, put a button. Up button down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. That is about it. All right, man. Well, hey, I hope the ankle swelling goes away. Uh, I hope you stay safe now that you're going back to work. And uh, subscribe on Apple and Spotify to this podcast. This is Taco Tuesday. We're with you guys every Tuesday. At Alex M. Regla on Twitter. That's him. At AlexPadilla86. That's me. And uh, Alex, talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, man.